Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS has been providing quality Western wear and horse tack since 1989, and they are proud to be the number one Western store in the USA. From functional and fashionable Western wear and horse tack to essential livestock and horse supplies, NRS carries the products you need at prices you can afford. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. NRS also carries our new line of modern cowboy brand apparel, caps, t-shirts, and hoodies. And for our listeners, use your special discount code MODERNCOWBOY at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. And remember, Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy in all of us. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in to the roping pen Hey everybody! Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. I'm um, I'm honored to have my guest on today, uh, Jason Paletta. He's a candidate uh, running for the California State Assembly, uh, and I I don't know if he knows much of my background, but we have quite a bit in common. So we're, we'll discuss that uh, in, in during the podcast. But I mean, I'm really super excited to talk to him. Uh, he's uh, seriously a, a a patriot and a fighter to still be in California and, and fighting for. For that state, which is really a great state, uh, just unfortunately the politics in a couple of the big cities seem to run the whole thing. But we'll let him shed light on that and uh, hear his story. So, Jason, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Hey, how are you doing, Dan? Good, good. Now you're in Northern California, right? I am. I'm right, probably about thirty miles north of Sacramento. Okay. Um, so, are you in Calusa County? Actually, so I was. I was raised in Calusa. Okay. And now I, I currently live in Rockland right now, which is actually, I'm probably about 20 miles just east of Sacramento now. Okay. But I was raised about 30 miles north of it. Okay. Yeah. So I, I grew up in California, Northern California, um, oh, good. In North Sacramento area till I was in high school uh, and then moved to Loomis right off Horseshoe Bar Road, which is right next to, to uh, Rockland there. Um, so you and I remember back when it was really a small town. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I probably remember more than you because I think I'm probably older than you. But uh, uh, also, I lived in Yuba City. I went to Lincrest School in kindergarten and uh, first grade. I actually got my first horse uh, in Yuba City was a Shetland pony. I named him Trigger. Uh, (laughs) And uh, we lived in a neighborhood in our my dad had actually built the house because he was a framer at the time, a carpenter, and he worked on that job. And we kept the, the horse in the backyard, which was very strange. I didn't have him a whole long time, but uh, he did get out into the uh, into the schoolyard a couple times. And he had a uh, we had a walnut tree in the back that we we had tied him to. But but anyway, when I, I saw that you were in Clusa County, you know, and I've just got so much history up there and in the whole area. And then I lived in Lincoln for a long time 
before we moved. But uh, anyway, that being said, and also I just realized too, and we'll talk about this, but it really excited me. I didn't realize that, you know, all of the uh, tactical training and stuff that you do, and you've got a whole program on that. Uh, and so um, I, I've, I'm by no means a, a tactical trainer, dude. I've, my skill set is very minimal, but uh, uh, I, I got involved in that when I was uh, volunteering for Hunter Ed and uh, actually put a little little school together for a little while. But anyway, um, so anyway, uh, there, there's some some common stuff that we have, and uh, and uh, I, I just think it's pretty cool. So, so tell us about you. I mean, um, give us your background as much as you want, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure. Um, so I was born in California, born actually in Butte County, Chico, and raised in Calusa. Uh, after my dad, my dad was in the military, he was in the Air Force, so we traveled around a bit and then finally settled back down in Calusa and uh, graduated high school there. Graduated high school, actually back up. So going to high school there, I, obviously, you know, Calusa, so it's yeah. very, it's a farming community. Yeah. So I grew up working, you know, the rice fields and, and walnut orchards and yeah. um, in 1990, now I'm dating myself. Uh, when I graduated high school, I went straight to the military. So I spent almost four years uh, with the 82nd Airborne Division and got out as weapon squad team leader. Um, shortly after getting out of the military, it was actually, it, it was kind of the process of while I was still in and debating to get out, um, I actually started working for a rodeo stock contractor uh, back east in, in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, um, Mid-Atlantic Rodeo Association. I okay. actually lived out on the ranch and, and helped them put on shows and um, rode bulls out there for a while, rode a few bareback, wasn't my thing, but I uh, right. stuck with the bulls for a while. Right. And uh, anyway, so I came back to California in 1995, near the end of 95, and uh, didn't know what I wanted to do had no idea military was was pretty much all i knew right after high school right and uh so the first person i looked up was cotton rosser so i was flying to rodeo and uh who if people that are listening don't know he's he's right there in marysville california right and uh so we had lunch with him and, and his crew and uh actually started working for him for just it was a very short time right um and then out of the blue i went to the police academy Somebody said, Hey, you'd make a good cop. I said, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, called the police academy. And sure enough, they're like, Hey, if you get your stuff together two weeks from now, uh, we have our academy started. So I got all my stuff. And two weeks later, I was in the, in the police academy. Um, 19, I would say 1998. So this is a few years. Uh, right. So 1998, I graduated the police academy. And then went to Modoc County Sheriff's Office, and uh, that's way up to the northeastern county of California. Yeah, Alturas area, huh? Alturas, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. county seat. So that was my first uh, full-time cop job, and worked for uh, Sheriff Mix at the time. Did a couple years there, went to Truckee PD, spent a couple years there. Yeah. I was trying to work my way back down to Yuba City, you know, Yuba Sutter County area. Right. And uh, finally made it back down to Yuba City in 2003, and worked for Yuba City PD from 2003 till, shoot, probably 2000, January 2011. I actually 
left law enforcement. That's when we had the big financial crunch, you know, it was really right. hitting us hard with their, the housing and everything. Yeah. Um, so they started furloughing. I took, you know, I had to take care of my family first. So I actually left. I started contracting overseas uh, with the Department of State and uh, was on the ambassador's protection detail in Iraq for about a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, I was actually on the counter assault team there. Um, did that for a year and a half. Came home on leave, tried to go back into country, and Iraq wouldn't give me another you know, work visa. So oh. I took the next best thing, and I went over to Afghanistan for almost another year and a half oh, doing man. diplomatic security uh, protection. Um, so that, that was exciting. And if you already follow the path of it, I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. Right, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was all good times. Um, so... The end of 2000, near the end of 2013, I had to get back in my retirement system. I said, well, I, I just got to bite the bullet. I'm going to lose money. But uh, went right back to Yuba City PD, started working for them, got back on the SWAT team. I spent almost cumulative time over 10 years on the SWAT team there. Man. And, um, you know, field training officer, firearms instructor. Um, I worked full-time gangs for a while. It was it was a good experience. Um so you look past up to 2017 after I got back. Um, actually, let me back up. So 2014 uh, was a pretty big, uh, pretty big, a pr- pretty big event happened in my career. That's uh, I was on a call. I was looking for a suspect and found two people walking. This is like one o'clock in the morning, right? And uh, ended up contacting them. We were looking for, you know, domestic violence suspect and, uh, contacted them. My backup showed up and during the call, I'm not going to go into detail with it, but, uh, during the call, my, my partner ends up getting shot by, um, one of the suspects. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of a life changer changer, uh, for my career, at least how I, I really viewed everything. Right. Um, but uh, ended up getting a life-saving award for that for attending to my partner. Uh, that was that was the only injury. He went right back to work, you know, a few right. weeks later after he recovered. But uh, so that that was kind of uh, that was kind of like one of those wow moments. Like, crap, that really just happened. And right. It happened so fast. Right. Um, so 2017, one of my friends works for uh, Department of Justice. And he's like, man, yeah, I come over to the DOJ, California DOJ. Right. Um, it's it's a great uh, great agency, and uh, I applied, and now I've, I've been with them for five years uh, as a special agent assigned to a violent crimes team, and uh, you know I can retire in May, so things are going going good. That's great. So. Tell me this. I mean, uh, you know, you and I both, you know, being from the same area up there in Northern California, we know what a great state that state really is. I mean, uh, I, I go back all the way to when I got my first concealed weapons permit when, uh, um, oh, Detective Johnny Smith was there and Don Noons was sheriff. I don't know if you remember Don Noons there in Placer. That was Placer County. Okay. So, yeah. But, um, you know, uh, you're there now. What, what, I mean, I, I obviously, you know, something, uh, you know, inspired you to, to want to run and get into the politics. Uh, what was it that, well, that made you de- finally decide? I'll, I'll tell you, man. In fact, last night I had kind of an epiphany about it. I hate politics. Yeah, I, I absolutely you. despise politics. Right. Um, 
because they want to politicize everything. Right. And that's what's ruining our country. Um, I will tell you, and people can agree or disagree with me, but 2020 election, that was the nail in the coffin for me. Um, yeah. I think there's a rampant fraud there yep. and it's still being proven. Yep. Uh, but that was what kind of opened my eyes. I'm like, with all of this fraudulent activity in our you know, voter polls, now we have somebody that's going to be in office that we didn't vote for. Right. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a lawful, truthful vote that put this person in there. So with that, I was like, you know, we can't, we can't be doing this. We can't be kicking this can down the road. And, you know, I look at it, it's it's not for you. It's not for me, but it's for our kids and our kids, kids, because our rights and everything are slowly, but surely, you know, being taken away from us and just the government overreach, not just from, you know, Washington, D.C., but here in California, it is, it's way beyond what I would ever imagine this state would be, because as you know, this used to be a very red state. Yes. Um, And I still, in my heart, I believe this is a very red state and it's worth fighting for. That's why I'm still here. Yeah. And at the core, it it definitely is. I mean, uh, you know, you, you just, you go Northern California and it's, it's, you'd be hard pressed to find uh, somebody that doesn't believe in, you know, what this country was founded on and all of our great American values. Uh, and it's, it's funny because you talk about, you know, the politics there. I just saw photos of Gavin Newsom at, at the, at the game, you know, with no mask on. And then he says, Oh, he took it off for a picture. And then the, you know, the, the other, uh, whatever it is, the camera that goes around, you know, during the, during the game catches him without a mask on. I mean, the hypocrisy is just, it, it's, it's just unconscionable, you know, with everything that's going on. I mean, with Joe Rogan right now, what happened on his podcast and the way they're trying to demonize him. And I listened to those podcasts and I listened to those doctors that were on there. And, and those guys are experts in the field, but the narrative that, that, uh, you know, is being played out by the media. I'll tell you something else too. I, I, I went through COVID and uh, I got it in November, right around um, uh, Thanksgiving. And I was in the hospital 15 days. I mean, I don't remember wow. the first, you know, five, six days. You know, and I'm not vaccinated. I'm not getting vaccinated. I'm glad I didn't get vaccinated because now I've got natural immunity. But that being said, when I woke up and really kind of got my bearings about the first thing that came to me was I was so pissed because I felt like this is a Chinese bioweapon and my government knows about it. And and look at what it's doing to people, you know, uh, and the hospital I was in, you know, that that floor was full of of covid patients. Uh, but anyway, you know, that being said, it's just like, you know, what, you know, how do we, how do we get, get the, the country back on course? I mean, I guess guys like you, you know, just stepping up and doing it, but you know, what else is it going to take? You know, it's, it's, I have like a campaign slogan and it's, it's actually been a, a saying that I've used, you know, my, my SWAT team leader back in the day, we used to always right. say this is what we tolerate. We encourage. Right. That's exactly what's happening. We've tolerated so much that, you know, we just, they're like, okay, we're going to take an inch. We'll take a mile. You keep on tolerating this and basically giving us approval. Um, we're going to keep running with this ball. Right. And now it's time to, you know, I tell people, it's like, when are you going to draw the line in the sand? You know, the, when I talked about it at an epiphany, like last night, yesterday, it was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to run uh, a campaign that is so like regimented how we've been doing it all the time right you know it's you know and the one of the 
worst sayings that we'll, you'll ever hear, whether it be for training, whether it be from a business aspect is, hey, this is how we've always done it. Right. Because that means there's no progression. And that's how these campaigns are being ran. That's how these elections are being ran. Right. So, you know what? Yesterday I said, you know what? Screw it. I said, I'm, I'm going to tell the people the truth. I'm not polished and I don't give a crap. I'm not, I don't need to be polished to get my point across. Right. Because we're a bunch of tired, fed up citizens that want change. Yeah. And that's all I want because in May, I can retire. I don't even need the money. Right. You know, I don't need the headache to run for this office. But what right. I do want is to make sure that at least the people will get their rights back and move forward with their lives, knowing that, you know, we don't have to put up with the left side's agenda. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say you, you'd mentioned earlier that, you know, that you, that you can retire in May. Um, how, how does the DOJ, uh, you know, view you running for political office and, and, and you know, just your views? I mean, you know, I don't know if, if, uh, if, if, is there a conflict there at all or what, what, what do you, what's it like in, in, in terms of doing that at the same time? Uh, you know, it's, I'm not gonna lie. They as blue and as liberal as California, you know, seems to be, they have been 100% right. supportive. Uh, it's, you know, you got rules and, and regulations that you have to abide by. So you don't cross those lines. Right. But, uh, for the most part, they have been very supportive over it. So that, that, that hasn't been a big issue. Um, I would say, you know, going back to me being able to retire in, in May is, you know, right. that's, I'll be 50 in May, I can retire. So it's, it's, and that's right. what I tell people, it's, it's not about, you know, me trying to get into politics to make money, because I don't need the money, you know, I can retire, I can have a retirement, that's, that's not the, the driving right. force behind this. You know, as we talked about before, the driving force behind this is to right the wrongs of what's going on in California, Right. you know, um, you have career politicians and, you know, and I won't name any names right now, but, you know, you have people that I'm running against in this race that are, you know, Republicans, quote unquote, um, right. you know, one is very young and he's a nice kid, but he's got no business. I mean, in my opinion, I think he's way too young to be running for this because they're going to create a career politician with this. And, you know, how right. long are you going to run it? You know, he's going to, how many terms is he going to do? It's who right. knows. So, you know, in, in the beginning, you know, might, might seem like a good idea. You know, like I said, he's a nice guy, but in the end, they're, they're actually creating their own problem. Right. You know, and I, I think like, <clears throat> you know, uh, that was the deal with Trump is because we need change <clears throat> on both sides of the aisle, you know, in, in, in government. And I think that they, uh, that's what they didn't like about Trump so much. And he had so many, you know, Republicans against him because I, I, you know, I mean, my observation and opinion is that, you know, he was exposing a lot of the stuff, uh, that, that they do, you know, and, uh, there's so many, like you said, career politicians have been there 30, 40, 50 years, and they've done really nothing except draw a paycheck off of the, you know, $29 trillion debt that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's over 30 trillion. You know, you see that it, it just, oh, it it is just over, hit over no, 30, I, I think, today or yesterday <laughs> or last night. Um, so first time, you know, it's <laughs> hey, oh. Joe Biden did that. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go, Brandon. go Brandon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's amazing where we're at in, in, in this, just this yeah. political arena. And, you know, it's, you talked about, you know, how the Republicans and the rhinos that are in there, you know, it's, when people ask me, hey, are you Republican or Democrat? I'm like, actually, you know, I'm only Republican because I have to be because it's a two-party system. I said, but right. Republicans, Democrats, same thing. All birds of a feather. Uh, I'm a conservative. Yep. You know, I want traditional American yes. values. I want us to get back to basics, you know, American heritage. Don't don't push me as a Republican. Right. So. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, it's funny. Um <clears throat> You know, I, I'm a builder and general contractor also, and we, we do building. And and I noticed uh, on one, one set of plans I got, uh, the master bedroom is called owner suite. And then I talked to Mark Tech about it. Why did they change it? Well, you know, it's politically, uh, you know, that's the thing now that they, the way they want it. Well, then I talked to my, one of my engineers yesterday and he goes, yeah, he goes, I just told him if you want me to change it, it's $200 a you know, a, a room to do it, but things like that are just ridiculous. It's, that's the personification of America right there. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it's just, that stuff needs to stop. And I think that, you know, and I know this has, you know, been in certain circles for quite a while, but you know, they, they, they talk about toxic masculinity and everything. And it's just, it's just trying to, you know, make men, not men. And it's just, you, I, you just can't do that. Well, you know, everything else we've got going on, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try not to run down a rabbit hole because I wear my emotions on my <laughs> sleeve a lot, you know, and we've got, you know, pregnant men and, and just, you know, having to accept this and that, Bunch of BS. you know, you can like, yeah, you can like something or not like it. it that's the beauty of, of America. You know, you don't need to try to shove it down our throats and make us change. That's just the way I feel. No, yeah. I, I agree you with know. you 100%. It's like I said, it, they have attacked masculinity so much in the in our states that yes. now the people that are masculine are being attacked because we're too masculine. Um, yeah, and you know, I always go back to saying, you know, granted, you know, between my time and you know, overseas and SWAT and everything, but it better be a a, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. You know, it's right. you, right. you got to have that preparation. You got to have that you know, ability, you know, um, but it goes back to also, and I'm full of quotes because I, I read quotes. I'm like, I absorb them. I'm like, man, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, right. But if one is not capable of violence, then they're not, the ability to be peaceful is not there. They're just weak, you know, right. and, and that's not exactly how the quote goes, but that's the gist of it. It's like, no, you have to be able to be able to, to have that violent effect of being able to flip that switch. But right. when you flip that switch down to be peaceful, that's, that's night and day. You know, if you don't have that ability, right. then you're just a weak person. And that's what we have with, right. with a lot of these non-masculinity um, issues that we're seeing in the United States. Yeah. And, and, and when we look at the, we can call it the left, we can call it whatever that the communist socialist movement, whatever we want to call it uh, there. Cause there's some strange ducks out there. Uh, you know, they want to take criminals and they're doing it. I mean, I've, I've seen some of the videos of where people are just, you know, stealing stuff out of stores and, and, you know, and, and then they put these people back on the street. And I mean, just recently, you know, there've been people that have been murdered by people that are just got out on bail or should have never been out or illegals in the country. 
I don't know how anybody can even look at that with a, a sane mind and, and say, this is, this is normal. But, <clears throat> but then on the other hand, you know, they want to say, oh, you can't be a man, but we're going to let this guy who's, you know, obviously deranged in some way and, and a menace to society. We want to just let him live his life, but they don't want us to live our lives. I don't no, know. That it makes, makes sense total sense. And, and the way I respond to that is, <clears throat> um, you know, like I said, I've been a cop for 24 years, going on 24 years. And right. what have I been doing right. the last 24? I've been holding people accountable. That's what cops do. There's structure. We hold people accountable right. because we are a nation on law and order. Now, right. the minute you don't hold people accountable, what happens? It starts, you get disarray, you get, you know, you get pushback and you know, and that's that's the problem is we need to start holding these people accountable to get our structure back, because I don't care if you're a kid, you know, or an adult that's been to prison. But that's why we need so much structure growing up as kids, because it that's how we're designed. That's how we're we're programmed with this structure right. to be better people. If we have no structure. Right. Then. You have the chaos. Absolute, absolute chaos. Yeah. You know, and that's funny, too, what they do. They'll take specific incidents with police officers because this is the thing that just kills me. You know, uh, uh, you know, they'll take a specific incident. They'll exploit it. They'll you know, and then they'll just put a spin on it where there is just thousands of cops every day that do their job and keep us safe. And, and it's, it, you know, the old saying, I mean, it goes back a long ways, but it said, you know, nobody nobody likes a cop until you need one. You know story. what I mean? And, and, and it. You know, and and even we saw these incidents where some of these political figures back in Washington, D.C. and a couple other places, I, I don't try to store it in my memory, but they were carjacked. And, uh, you know, um, and, and who do they do? They call the police. And these are people that were, you know, supporting the defunding of police and everything else. You know, and, and it's, it, you know, if you get pulled over by a police officer, because I've been pulled over a lot. Believe me, I mean, I've I've got kind of a, you know, I'll you just say, i yeah, I got that look exactly. But you know, when 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 you get pulled over, man, put your hands up on the wheel and just be polite. I've never I've never been jerked out of my car. I've never been beat. I've never, you know what I mean. And I've been pulled over quite a few times. I mean, I got a speeding ticket one time, and, and I played uh, Junior Brown song "Highway Patrol" for the cop, uh, it, Officer Mitchell, actually, and it was out. It was in uh, on Vasco Road, so I thought I was going to be funny. Well, I got pulled over by him again, like eight months later, speeding again. And I go, I want to play this song. I turn it on. He goes, you played it for me last time. But you know what I mean? I mean, even trying to be a, like kind of a little, little bit of a smart ass still, you know, I've, uh, you know, I've never been beaten or whatever. Anyway, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to run down a rabbit hole going into this stuff, but you know, it's just, it, it just seems like it's going to really take, you know, a movement for us to get, you know, back on track in terms of the American values and, and, it's just like all the statues being torn down and trying to destroy our history. You know, history is what it is. Yeah. You, you can't know? change that. And, you know, and, and again, if, if you don't learn from your history, you know, you're, you're bound to repeat it. Uh, right. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm seeing happening today. People are tired. People are tired with what's yes. going on. And I honestly think, you know, and like, again, I don't care if it's red, white, or I'm, I'm sorry, red or blue. It doesn't matter. Republican, Democrat, it doesn't right. matter. Um, people are just tired of what's going on and they want to live their lives. You have such yeah. government overreach that prohibit us from 
living our lives, you know, and I'll go to like the mass mandates, the vax mandates, all that other stuff. We'll go down that hole for a second. Um, Right. Those are just, you know, it's not even enforceable. It's it's not a law. No. It's like it's almost it's a stern saying, hey, I mandate you that you're going to have to, you know, you have to wear your mask or you have to get the vaccination. And, you know, and I'll preface that is I'm, I'm not anti-vax. I'm not pro-vax, but I am anti-mandate. And I'll be damned if somebody's going to tell me that I right. have to do something. Absolutely. So uh, but with that alone, and that's that's kind of the spike that really put people over the edge. Um, and then you look at the yeah. schools that are forcing kids to have masks. And I've been doing a lot of research on yeah. that and talking to school board members. They, and I say they loosely, it's my specific question is, is why aren't you guys doing anything to stop these mandates, to stop these masks? Well, the answer right. was because it all, it falls right back to if we don't wear masks, then our, our insurance, our insurance will get canceled. And plus they have the oversight OSHA which is shouldn't even have <laughs> yeah. their hands in this. Um, but right. then I asked her, I'm like, okay, so your, your insurance will get canceled. Why don't you get a new insurance company? Cause I guarantee there's ones out there that out there that'll pick you up. And the answer to that was, right. well, because the state provides the insurance. I'm like, well, isn't that a conflict of interest? So now, yeah. you know, like, yeah. you know, like the same thing, hey, follow the money and you'll see exactly yeah. where the root Ex- of all evil is. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the one thing, and again, I mean, I, I know, I think we've, I think we've, you know, beat this point enough talking about this, uh, but I think that like what you're doing, uh, which man, I mean, my hat's off to you and I commend you. Uh, and then I just see all the other, there's a lot of other ex-military guys, a lot of special forces guys that are all running for public office. Uh, and, and that's what it's going to take. It's like you and like me, I can't stand politics either, but somebody's got to step up and do it. You know, and uh, I think that like you saw and I think like a lot of these other guys see that we've got to just take the country back because it's definitely, definitely out of hand in terms of, you know, who's pulling the levers. 100 percent. And we know. Yeah, we and we know Sleepy Joe's not pulling the levers. I mean, you can just watch the guy and look at his demeanor, you know, uh, and and just his. Uh, no, yeah, he's I mean, yeah, and Again, he's still a human being. I feel bad for the position he's in, but his elevator does not get off the right. first floor. And it's no. it's unfortunate, and I think he's being taken advantage of. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I always say. I go, man, this is like senior exactly. or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, well, anyway, hey, again, on that on that topic, you know, again, I commend you, um, you know, and like, like I say, I, I feel like there's going to come a day when – we're going to go back. We're going to hear that saying and go West young man, because California is going to be a place to go again, because California has everything. I mean, I spent so many summers on Lake Shasta and I mean, I've hunted all over Clusa County, pheasant dove, you know, uh, just all the lakes, all the Hills, uh, every, and the ocean, everything that's there, there's so much there and it's so beautiful and all the agriculture and all the, the, you know, there's tons of, you know, rodeo and, and there's so many cowboys that live in that state. It's not even funny. I've yeah, got, a lot. You know, multiple, multiple friends. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm sure that we will see that day again, but, um, uh, moving forward a little bit, let, let's talk about, you know, your, you've got a, a firearms training, tactical training program that you put together. Are you, is that still active? Oh, no, you're that's, that's very active. Running? That's still very active. So okay. we have, uh, I have a business partner. We created this in 2017. This is my second firearms training company. 
Okay. So we created it again in 2017 and it's called GCS training group. Um, what we did when we created this was <laughs> had a company that would provide everything from beginner, intermediate to advanced, you know, courses, uh, to right. civilians, military and law enforcement. Um, and we're very fortunate, very humbled in where it's gone because right now, you know, we get invited every year to teach in, at the Ohio Tactical Officers Association. Uh, that is the largest okay. tactical conference in the United States. And for us to be invited out there to teach, uh, I think that that says a lot um, on the caliber yeah. of training we provide. But, uh, you know, we, we have a, a, a GCS training compound out here. I, I call it a compound training grounds. Um out here in Lincoln, and that's where majority of our classes we are, are put on. We also have one of our instructors uh, is a SWAT cop from the Bay Area, and he puts on classes in the Concord area. And now I think we're getting ready to branch out to Tennessee. We have one of our, our instructor guys that, again, he got tired of California. He goes, I'm out. And so right. he just packed up, right. like literally, he put pictures up on Instagram yesterday of showing all the signs of passing through each state getting the hell away from California. <laughs> um, right. So he's going to kind of branch out with GCS training group into the Tennessee area. And then we have one, another cop that left California he's up in Idaho working as a cop and he's going to branch up up there. So it's starting to grow, grow legs and kind of branch out or grow roots and uh, which is a good thing, but it's, if anybody wants to visit us, just GCS training group.com. And uh, we'll come to you if you have a range. Oh, really? Okay. And then, um, and how many instructors do you guys have? Does it have right now? We've got one, two, three, probably five altogether, counting myself and my business partner. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. We do myself and my business partner. We do a lot of the higher end stuff, you know, the vehicle courses, uh, right. But the other, the other guys, you know, they, they can do whatever they want. It just depends what kind of logistics they have to put them on where they're at. Right. Exactly. And, and I, I, you know, gun sales have been, uh, you know, going through the roof too. And there's a lot of people that, you know, are seeking new training and, and, and they need to is what, you know, because it's so funny, you know, I've hunted and had guns all my life and, and I didn't get into try to do any tactical stuff till it was like 2009, 2010. I've, I've talked about this before a little bit, but, and I had a guy who was, who was a, he was actually active military at the time, Sergeant major, great guy. And then got some SWAT guys that I met through Hunter Ed that they were SWAT out of Oakland and a few other guys. So, but the first time we got up there and we got this thing organized and, and, and got to start in, cause I'd never really even been in that situation in terms of tactical and, you know, drawing your, your firearm and stuff. And it was just like, it's a whole, it's a whole nother ball game. I mean, it all looks great in the movies, but when, when you've got to implement it, particularly if you're under, a stressful situation. It's a, it's a whole different deal. So that training is so critical and so important, uh, especially for people that are, well, for everyone. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a diminishing skill and it's just safety first, safety second, safety always. Uh, and uh, it, it's something you got to continually work at. No, very true. And that, and that goes to, you know, the second amendment is I am 100, obviously 50% for our second amendment rights. Um, but right. there's also caveat on that is, and it doesn't matter whether it's second amendment, first amendment, you know, whatever it is, there's always, a, we always have a responsibility. Um, 
And I, right. I think that the Second <clears throat> Amendment is I think every, you know, every sheriff would be, you know, shall issue or just everyone should be able to get one with that without question. Right. But then they should right. be able to. I guess, be held accountable as in if you're going to carry a gun, you should have to at least take a basic firearms class so you can work on your marksmanship, your mindset you know, and your manipulation of that firearm, because yeah. you could be somebody that is more of a hindrance than a help when the time comes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's, it's like, even, even like you say, they should take a minimum of a basic firearms class, but it's like in, in having responsibility or being accountable to that, you, you really have to take more because it's, you know, you can have that gun on you. And if in a situation where it's got to be immediate, uh, you know, a lot of guys or whoever may not even get their, their weapon out, but then like, if they do sometimes, you know, you've got other, you know, things around other people, whatever uh, it, it's, it's a whole different, whole different deal, especially in a real Most scenario. changer. Definitely. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Not that I've been in one of those, but uh, but I've been, you know. Um, and I used to tell this story on um, my when I would teach Hunter Ed. My cousin, <laughs> when he was sixteen, they were on a ten thousand acre ranch in Wyoming, and um, I don't know, it was ten, twelve guys in the hunting party. You know, my grandpa, my uncle, everybody. Well, he just he was sixteen. He just shot his first deer, and he went down in the brush. Well, uh, this guy was actually a fire captain from Glendale, California, in so- Southern Cal. He shot into the brush and shot my my cousin through both legs with a thirty out six. Now my my cousin, yeah, my cousin was a big guy, um, for, you know, for sixteen. He played ball and, and all this. So, but they had to they had to take a hundred mile ride into Utah, uh, and they ended up in the he ended up in the back of a, a you know police car, um, and uh, uh, you know, thankfully he didn't hit a femoral artery or anything. But that being said, you know, firearm safety is so important, and I, I just I know being in in uh, oh right there in. Uh, not Wheatland. Lincoln? Anyway, Yolo County. Oh, Woodland? Yeah, Yolo County. Where, yeah, yeah, Woodland. Yes. We were, hunt, we were pheasant hunting, you know, and, and I, was, I was 16 and my younger brother was 10. And we were in my pickup and we drove out in this rice field. Well, I got on my pickup, walked on uh, the driver's side, walked around the other side. And then uh, my brother gets out. And I, as I walk around, his gun goes off, you know, right in the ground. And these are all things that I experienced, you know, with firearms. It's just like you think, oh, it's not going to happen. But it does. And what's funny is it's maybe it's not funny. We were out at camp far West and this was probably 1991 or so. And we were shooting and we, you know, shooting our targets and we walked up to check our targets. And my same brother now, who's much older, we walk up there and he's got this nine millimeter in his, in his, uh, in his hand. Well, as we're walking back, all of a sudden his gun goes off right between us. He just pulled his trigger and wasn't, wasn't even thinking about it. And, and of course I wasn't looking at it going, why are you carrying your gun up here? Why isn't it holstered or whatever? Anyway, those are things that <clears throat> that wake you up sometimes and you go, hey, it, it, it makes you get serious about safety and about training and about, you know, uh, firearm safety, basically. Yeah. I don't know. I may have went off on a, a tangent there, but but those are things that can really wake a guy up and and it's much better than, you know, shooting somebody or, how, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I won't I, I won't run down that rabbit hole anymore on that, but it it, it is it's you know, firearm safety is critically important and someone that has a firearm definitely needs to get trained. Um, now your courses, are they, uh, one day, two day, three day, do you have different packages? How's that work? Uh, we have uh, different packages. Most of them are just one day courses only because mm-hmm. we find that people, you know, it's, it's just the information that they retain, uh, right. and, or time off of work. 
so they can come out and do a one day class. And but for our, I guess our bigger classes, uh, mostly for law enforcement, we'll have two day classes available. Gotcha. Okay. Now I've I've I saw too. I'm not sure if this is correct uh, or not from social media. Uh, again, like I, I've said before, I, I don't do tons of research on my guests till they get on there, but. Are you a, a, an aficionado or a fan of cigars? I am. Yeah, so am I. That's I, I like my Cohibas. I like my Rocky Patels. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I'm a big Drew Estate guy. I like the Liga Pravada number nines. And then uh, I like Sancho Panza's, the little, uh, I can't remember what they are, but they're a small double Maduro. But uh, Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I like my, my single malt scotch and my cigars. Yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a great combination. Um. Hey, so I always ask everybody three questions on the podcast. Uh, do you have a favorite brand of cowboy hats? And I see you're wearing a nice black uh, felt right now. So my favorite brand is obviously Resistol. Okay. Resistol. Uh, black gold. Yeah, black gold. Okay. Yep. That's uh, definitely the standard in the in the pro rodeo world. Um, how about boots? You got a favorite brand of boots? You know, I, I, I've had a few different styles of boots you know but the the, the durangos is that what they are i don't yeah. know what the hell is you know with the with the rubber soles on them now yep. i think those are just yep. more you know when you're out you know mucking stalls or whatever you don't get the ass that tears up the leather soles yeah um yep. so those work yeah how, how about uh cowboy movies you got a favorite cowboy western movie I don't know if I really do or not. Um, you know, I'm a John Wayne fan, obviously. You know, yeah. I, you know, Angel and the Band, Bad Man is probably one of my favorite uh, uh, John Wayne movies. Uh, but I would say more recent times, um, I was actually really impressed with uh, Yellowstone. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's good. You know, the one I, th I, I thought you were going to say for some reason was uh, um, 310 to Yuma. That was okay. You got to watch it again because if it's about a struggle, man, you know, this guy trying to raise his family and his cattle and, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I really like that one, but nobody ever says it. So I'm all, nobody has ever really said that movie. So maybe it's just me that really liked it. I don't know. Uh, it wasn't a bad movie. I mean, I've seen it. Yeah. But again, I don't watch a lot of Western movies, you know, anymore. I, I got sucked into the, you know, Yellowstone, you know, right. series for a while, but right. and that was, it was actually very enter entertaining. Yeah. You know, another series that was good. It only last, it only had two seasons. It was called the sun and that was Pierce Brosnan. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that's another, that's another great one. <clears throat> yeah. And I had, I had a uh, Forey Smith on the podcast. Um, he's a character from, uh, from Yellowstone. And then I got to meet him. I was up in Montana. We went to the, uh, Montana pro rodeo association, um, event they had up there uh it was oh they inducted a lot of a lot of guys into it but anyway before i was there with some other other friends and other guys that i had on the podcast so that was super cool great guy super great guy down. well he's one of the guys in the bunkhouse he's he's the so older he's guy yeah yeah okay yeah yeah so um but i mean just a down-to-earth guy i and when i had him on the podcast too i asked him because he rode, he rode. Uh, you mentioned bareback horses, which I've always said is just a, you're just a car wreck over and over. Oh my uh, gosh! You know, you know, and and now he rode he rode bareback horses and up till he was 52, and he he said he couldn't ride them anymore because they couldn't get a neck brace on him big enough, 
he, he would get his neck whipped so hard that he'd just black out. And I, and when I said, I go, well, do you miss it? And he goes, and you could just tell in his voice, he goes, man, every day, you know, but uh, yeah, th- that guy's a, he's, he's definitely died in the wool, uh, hundred percent cowboy, but very cool. Um, so moving forward with your, with your campaign, uh, I mean, what all does it take to do that? I mean, is it mostly social media and speaking events and, and again, you know, I don't know everything about politics. How many assembly people are there? Are there from each district? Is that what it is? Or Yeah. So yeah, for each district, but you know, to go back into, you know, what you're talking about, you know, what does it take? Right. It, it takes a lot. Social media is just a small portion of it. You know, they, right. you, you get, who are you reaching? You know, how many, how many people in your district are you actually reaching out to? Right. Um, I, I would say that I have been fortunate where people have reached out to me on social media and I've actually met them for coffee. Right. Uh, but for the most part, you know, it, it has to be really grassroots um, campaign and that's getting out to events, you know, knocking on doors and talking to people uh, you know, being invited to speak at, uh, some public event. Right. So th- that's, that's what it's all about right there. Um, yeah. social media is just a kind of a, a name recognition thing, getting your name out there. Gotcha. And then what about f- financing it? I mean, do you, do you, do you have a campaign fund? I mean, can people donate to you? Um, yeah, absolutely. We have, uh, <clears throat> so my webpage is Jason Paletta. 2022.com and you can go to the link on there and uh, and donate that's you know that that's any donation is appreciated does people think well i don't have a hundred dollars i don't have five you know i don't care if it's five hundred dollars i don't care if it's ten dollars every bit helps right and you know one of the biggest things that i've I've had to come to accept is asking people for something because that is one of the necessary evils for a campaign is asking for donations and i don't ask anybody for anything but it's uh, you kind of got to swallow your pride and and uh, let them know it's like hey you know you want to use your money for a good plan well I'm that good plan to spend your money on right right absolutely so now when is when does the election take place there in so it's coming up here June June seventh uh, will be uh, the primary and then whoever moves forward from the primary primary will go to uh, the November general election gotcha. Now, whether or not, you know, th- this campaign is successful for you, you, you know, you get the, uh, it's an elected position, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So whether or not you do get elected, uh, do you have any aspirations to, to go further and, and run for another o- type of office or? You know, that's, that's a, that's a good question because what I've, you know, I've kind of put it all the way out there is, you know, our founding fathers didn't want career politicians. Right. Know, they wanted somebody to leave their ranch or their farm or their business and go serve, you know, one or two terms and then go back and finish off their life with their family and, and you know, their retirement, whatever they're doing. Right. Uh, and I have that same mentality is I, I don't want to go further for you. You know, if, if, if God calls me and says, Hey, you want to, you know, I want you to move forward with this Avenue rather than this one, then, you know, I'll look at it and I'll get feedback from it, you know, from other people and, and see if that's the right path um that needs to be taken but for the most part probably just a couple terms yeah yeah well hopefully that's all it's going to take for you know a lot of the people that are that are standing up like you are and in you know uh throwing their hat in the in the ring you know for change uh and 
hopefully it'll only take a couple of terms for us to get this back on track. And then hopefully we can implement, I mean, I would hope at some point, uh, it, it just seems like, you know, they take the constitution and they take, uh, you know, laws and they just, you know, twist them so much that it, it's, you know, it's just like the second amendment. These guys try to, they've always said forever, well, that was for a militia. Well, you know, no, it's not. If you read it and you see what it says, it's, it's pretty straightforward, but tyrannical government. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, yeah. You know, again, it's, it, I think that's just what it's going to really take to go back to our initial, uh, you know, part of the podcast was it's going to take guys like you and, and women that are willing to stand up and, and fight and, you know, and, and it's not like you really want to, but somebody's got to do it. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's the question you always have to ask yourself is like, you know, and I don't want to sound corny or anything, but you know, if not me, then who? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, like I said earlier, man, my hat's off to you. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's unfortunate we are where we are, but you know, we've been, we've had to fight for our freedom ever since the beginning of time, since we, uh, you know, got here on this continent. So, uh, I don't think we need to make apologies for anything anymore. Uh, this, the United States is the greatest country on earth. Everybody, that's why everybody wants to come here. Maybe a few people don't, but a lot of people do. Uh, you know, when, when I was in the hospital with COVID, uh, one of the nurses, um, she was from, uh, Poland and she talked about how, when their, their family immigrated here and she, you know, she got here, she, she had, she could do nothing over there, but she got here. She got an education. She became a nurse, you know, she owns a house and she's so thankful for this country and you know, what it is, you know, enabled her to do with effort. You know what I mean? You got to put out the effort. That's, that's the whole thing. And uh, you know, that's, what's so great about this country. And, and, and I don't know why we've got people that, that can't see that. Uh, but we've got people in positions of quote unquote power. Um, and it's just, it's just really scary. And, and I'm, I'm just looking forward to when we turn the tide and, and uh, you know, we're, we're, well, we're, we're over this phase anyway, we're always going to have battles, but, but it is, but we need to get away from, you know, and excuse me, I'm not politically correct by any means, but it's not, it's a land of opportunity, not, not the land of free shit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's a good slogan for your campaign. <laughs> 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 well, Jason, Hey man, I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I do get out to California, um, you know, occasionally. Uh, and, uh, so, um, I might just swing in there through Rockland, hit you up and maybe we'll grab a cup of coffee or something, or I might see it, maybe see it a rodeo or something. Hey, that was the other thing I was going to ask you too. Do you, do you have horses now or anything? Are you, you have any no, livestock? Not anymore. Or, no, no, it's too busy. Yeah. And obviously no more bull riding, right? No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. I was never good at it to begin with. So I, I, <laughs> I knew when to quit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, Hey, again, Jason, thanks man for, uh, for coming on and, and, and thank you for, for what you're doing, standing up and, and, uh, you know, fighting for, for this country basically, and all the fighting you have done for this country in the past, uh, you know, uh, just, I mean, my hat's off to you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on Dan. You bet. We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds great. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler I drive that old back road until it ends 
and the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs, $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the rope and pin. Tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle And philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke just ask Clint what he paid a rope. Now he's lost a dozen wives, half the fingers on his hands to the rope and pin. And it takes a little skill and a little luck. If you can talk smack, you can back it up. Oh, but we're all friends, no matter who wins, down at the rope and pin. Turn another pin of steers Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And hypothesize Most of life's problems By God we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend Down at the roping